You are listening to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast, and this is episode number 58. Welcome to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast with Monique Malcolm, a show about creative people leveraging their brilliance to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the chorus of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast. Hey, Star Chasers. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Pimp Your Brilliance. I'm your host, Monique Malcolm, and the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast is a show for side hustlers and aspiring creative entrepreneurs who want to turn their ideas into income and crush their goals. And we do that every single week through inspiring interviews with amazing creative entrepreneurs. And then I also jump on the mic for solo episodes like we are doing today. All right, really quick sidebar before we jump into the episode for today. I just want to remind you that I am hosting the Plan Your Productive Week Challenge that starts on April 15th. So if you have not already registered, I encourage you to do so like right now this moment because in that challenge, I'm gonna be teaching you my weekly planning system to make sure I plan a week that is productive, allows me to stay focused on my goals and big projects, while also making sure I have time to do other lingering things like admin tasks and creating content, all of those good things. So we're gonna be talking about planning for your week. I'm also gonna be sharing some hacks and some things that are going to help you follow through because we all know it doesn't matter how great you plan if you're not actually following through on the things that you're supposed to do. So I wanna teach you how to not only plan better, but execute your ideas much faster. So again, the challenge starts on April 15th. To register, visit keepchasingthestars.com backslash productive. Again, really quickly, keepchasingthestars.com backslash productive. You'll find all the sign up details right there. Okay, first things first, how are you feeling, Star Chaser? It is officially spring. Q1 is over and I am definitely feeling those spring cleaning vibes. There's just something about this time of year, the change of season. We've gone from this cold winter where everything has slowed down. We're hibernating, animals are hibernating. Everything is moving at a slower pace. It's darker. And now all of a sudden spring is here. Everything's thawing out, it's warming up, the flowers are reappearing, the leaves are sprouting back on the trees. It just feels good. Everything feels alive and very green right now. At least it does here in Florida. If you live in a snowier state, I'm sorry. Maybe spring hasn't quite sprung for you, but it's definitely sprung here. And because of that, I wanna do a spring cleaning type theme this month. And that's what we're really talking about over in Star Chasers United. We are having conversations around organizing, decluttering, resetting, streamlining, and that is the basis of some of the challenges and things I'm pushing everyone towards completing this month while we're in this like freshly renewed state feeling is really getting your house in order, both you in your life and in your business, cleaning it all up, straightening out things, untangling the wires in the back end because because sometimes we just drop the ball and we forget that those things are important and we're supposed to do that. One of the things that I am thinking about as we start this new quarter is just thinking about how last quarter went. I know at the beginning of this year, the beginning of the year is a really, really tough time because we're coming off of the high of the holidays, all these parties, the excited energy around Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. 
And then suddenly we're here at the beginning of the year and it's like, oh, I'm supposed to be prepared. I'm supposed to be going for it. I'm supposed to have all these goals. And if the internet was in any indication, I feel like the first quarter didn't go as planned for a lot of people. I saw lots of comments about January being a free trial month. And then we just went ahead and said, nope, February's a free trial month. And honestly, by the time we got to March, it was just like, oh, we're still doing this. I mean, I guess the first quarter was a whole free trial of 2019. And that's perfectly fine. Sometimes it happens like that. Sometimes the quarter does not go as planned. Things, our best plans just go completely off the rails and nothing works out the way that we want to. And if that is the case for you, then welcome to life because that's just how it is. Everything doesn't always go as planned. But for this episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about how you actually get back on track when you have a quarter that has completely gone off the rails because I have been here many times before. This year actually will mark three years since I went through this really, really crazy extended health crisis. And I'll talk about it in more detail in another episode, but suffice to say, for the first quarter of that year, so that was 2016, I was in and out of the hospital. I had to have surgery. It was just nothing went as planned. And I started that, this was right after I had professionally manufactured the Visionary Journal for the first time. So that was in August, 2015. I was feeling really good. It was getting really great reviews. I was attending conferences and telling people about it. I was excited because I was like, yes, planner season is gonna come this year. It's gonna be amazing. And then I got sick. And that was really rough because I had a lot of plans and things I had wanted to happen for this year. And suddenly they were all on the back burner. And so the thing, the lesson that I wanna draw out from that experience was just because you started out the year rough does not mean you have to finish the year on that same note. Because I started out that year really rough, really concerned about my health and what was happening and what was gonna happen to me and just, you know, it's a whole thing. But that's also the year that I did the Visionary Journal Kickstarter, which was a success and I raised $15,000 in 30 days. I also had a second run, so that Kickstarter paid for a second run of the Visionary Journal and that second run completely sold out. And then I went to Iceland and did like my dream trip. And I had been wanting to go to Iceland for years, years, I tell you. And I was able to go and take my son and go with a group of friends. And it was an amazing, amazing time. So the point being, just because the year starts out crazy and kind of bleak as it did for me in 2016, that does not mean that's the way that it has to end. You can definitely get your goals back on track, get yourself back on track. And I wanna talk about six steps, the six steps that you need to take to get your goals back on track if your year didn't start off with the bang that you thought it should. So the first thing that you need to do is acknowledge and release. Any past failures, disappointments, should've, could've, would've, the whole nine, let them go. Your past failures are not indicators of your inability to be successful in the future. As I just pointed out in my story about 
that really crazy year when I was sick in 2016, just because the year started out that way didn't mean that the year had to end out that way. It actually turned out to be a really amazing year, but I had to work through a lot of the disappointment and feelings I had around what was going on at that time and how I felt like I should be further along. It took a while, but I did work through that and it changed everything for me. So a couple of things that you need to think about is just acknowledging your disappointments. You know, what are you disappointed about not completing? Did you have something that did not go quite as planned that you feel is a failure? Is there a way that you can reframe that so that it doesn't feel like a failure? Instead, it feels like a lesson learned or a bit an experiment. So now you have more information about what works and what doesn't work. You can try journaling through it and just kind of writing down your feelings about this year and what you had hoped versus what actually happened. The main thing is allowing yourself the space to release your guilt or your disappointment about what you didn't get done or what you felt you should get done. Because the reality is things just never go quite as planned and your goals are flexible. The time, the circumstances and the motivation behind these things, they constantly shift. So don't get caught up in in your feelings about things that didn't go quite as planned because maybe the motivation was really there in the beginning of the year, but it's not anymore. Okay, that's fine. Maybe you need to move on to something else. Maybe this is something that you're gonna revisit later on in the year, or maybe you're just gonna scrap it all together. Once you've done that, I want you to think about like, what were your successes this past quarter? What do you feel really, really proud and just amazing about accomplishing? What were some of your wins? Taking inventory of all of those things, even things that are really tiny. Maybe you had a goal to hit 3,000 subscribers on your email list, but you didn't get that, but you did get 1,000 new subscribers. It's all progress, it all counts, it should all be celebrated. We spend too much time looking for these really big monumental wins when the small ones totally count. And if you think about it, if you add up enough small wins, they equal big wins and it's all progress. So do not discount or discredit something because it was just a small thing because it doesn't matter. You did it, you made progress, you celebrate it. Don't just wait for all the big wins all the time. Celebrate those small ones. The second step is to review your goals. What did you have planned for this year? Make a list of all of the goals you set, big and small. It doesn't matter if you feel like you can still do them or not. At this point, you just wanna make a list of them because you're gonna evaluate them and you're gonna think about two really key things. Are you still interested in completing this specific goal And do you have time to finish it before the end of the year? They don't all have to be done right now, but can some of these goals be moved down to the second half of the year or even the final quarter of the year? Move them as appropriate, but just really think like, do you still wanna do these things? Because as I mentioned before, our motivations shift all the time. So if you have a goal that you have suddenly realized like that's not really that important to me, do not be afraid to just nix it. Get rid of any goal that does not meet the criteria. If you're no longer interested in it, don't try to force it. The energy's not gonna be there. You're not gonna complete it anyway. So just take it off the list and relieve yourself of that pressure. Close that mental tab, as I like to say. We still have a whole entire nine months in this year. So there's a lot that can be done, but you also need to be realistic now. There's nine months left. So what can you successfully get done in this nine months? Don't be afraid to take on less goals. You can always add on more later. So if at this moment there's only two or three things that are really important to you, 
just focus on those. If other things come up later on in the year, you can add more then, but don't feel like just because you are looking at these goals again, you need to hold on to as many as you had to start with. That is not the case. Get rid of the, trim the fat, get rid of the ones that aren't that important to you or that you no longer feel like pursuing. Step number three is going back to your why. I think vision and clarity are really, really important pieces of the goal setting process and the, the whole pie that makes up goal setting. The clearer you are on your vision, the more clarity you have about what you're trying to achieve and why you're trying to do it, the easier it is to see that outcome. And I believe that it anchors your goals in its purpose. When you know why you're doing it, when you can see the big picture behind the work, the sacrifice that's needed sometimes to make things happen. So a couple of things to ask yourself, why was this goal important to begin with? Why did you even put it on your list? Does it still have that level of importance right now? And how will this goal set me up for future success? I think all of these are really great questions to be asking yourself and getting beyond the surface level answers. So not saying like, oh, I want to make $250,000 this year because I made $100,000 last year. Why do you want that amount of money? What's important there? Because there's always going to be new targets that you're chasing as you grow your business, as you level up, as you reach certain income levels, you'll realize like, oh, that specific income level wasn't that hard. Once you have learned how to make $10 and you've learned how to make $100 and you've learned how to make $1,000, you can continue to build on that. But that's not going to sustain you. That's not what gives you fulfillment. That's not what makes you continue to go hard. Like there are other bigger reasons behind it. So maybe this year you want to bring in an extra $10,000 in your business because you need to pay off debt or you want to bring in an extra $50,000 in your business because you want to start chipping away at your student loan bills. Like there's a lot of reasons. Maybe you want to buy a house. Maybe you want to start investing. Maybe you want savings for your kids because at some point you want to send them to college. There's a lot of reasons. Dig into your reasons. What are your big reasons? The reasons that, I mean, like the, the deep things. What is this going to change for you? That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. None of this surface level crap of like, oh, I just want to be able to have more money in the bank. That, that's not going to move you long term. Why do you really want these things? So that is your why question. And then after you've done that, we move over to step number four, which is identifying your roadblocks. And I think that this is a really clutch piece because sometimes we set these big goals, we want them, we have really solid whys, but then we run into roadblocks or we self-sabotage. So I really want you to think about what got in your way. What prevented you from reaching the goals that you had set at the beginning of the year? Was it your inner critic? Was imposter syndrome rearing its ugly head? Was the chorus of fear talking to you and singing you out of those dreams? Was it time, a lack of skills or resources? Or did you simply forget? Did you not plan? All of these are valid reasons and you need to figure out how you're gonna navigate around them. So make a list of your roadblocks or your limiting beliefs that got in the way of your goals for this previous quarter, and then work your way around them by coming up with a solution or debunking them completely. So a couple of things that I do when I'm thinking about trying to navigate my roadblocks, if it's a mindset thing, 
like your inner critic, the course of fear, imposter syndrome showing up, work on shifting your mindset, changing your mindset, read affirmations, read some books about mindset work, start coming up with ways to shift that negative inner monologue. And you're going to have to be really proactive about this. It may involve journaling. There's a lot of really good books about mindset, especially around money and things of that nature. Find um, a group of friends and you guys can commit to doing like a book club and working with each other about mindset. But whatever you do, just realize your inner critic is going to take some work on your part. You're going to have to be actively shutting down these negative thoughts when they come in. You're going to be actively trying to move yourself around this mindset roadblock. If time is an issue, you need to work on scheduling and prioritization. These are the two things that I think make the the most move the needle when it comes to time. So being realistic about what your schedule is. If you have really big goals, that takes work. Look at your schedule and be real about how much time you can really block off and commit to on a weekly basis to work towards your goals. Think about how much time you have after hours. Think about how much time you have on the weekends. Be real, schedule a pencil in some time and then stick to that commitment. And then on the prioritization end, sometimes you may have to get rid of some things. Everything cannot be important. If it's all important, nothing is important. I learned that little nugget of wisdom from reading The One Thing by Gary Keller. But seriously, start thinking about how you can better prioritize the things that you have to do and really figuring out like what things are top priorities and what things can be moved to the back burner to be handled at a later time. And this even comes down to how you spend your time on the weekends. Do you want to spend it watching Netflix or do you want to spend it working? Do you want to spend it working all weekend or do you want to spend some time with family? I can't decide that for you. You have to choose, but you need to figure out where does that, um, it's not even a balance. We talked in the previous episode about it juggling. How do you juggle the things that you say are your priorities? If it's a skill or a lack of resource issue, how can you educate yourself? Or is there something that you can trade or barter with someone else or even pay for someone's time outright to handle these things for you? That's another thing that you want to consider. And if it's an issue of you just didn't plan and so you forgot, well, then you need to get a plan together and then put some reminders and schedule that into your calendar. The key is you want to be proactively working around your hangups. Just because it's a roadblock does not mean that you sit there behind it and do nothing. You need to try to figure out how do you get around this thing. Step five is to create a new action plan. So at this point, you know what your issues are. You know why it didn't work. You know your disappointments, the whole thing. You know what new goals, what your refocused energy is going to be on. So now you need to create a new plan. It's as simple as taking these goals from macro, so big picture view, down to the micro. So we're just breaking them down into actionable chunks and writing out all the steps, setting hard deadlines, and then doing them. One way that I like to avoid overwhelm when I start breaking goals down is to really think about how long is it going to take me to do a task. So if I have a task, let's just say 
I'm launching something and as a part of that launch, I need to do a webinar, email sequences, and create images for the promotion of all of that stuff. That's great. But when you're thinking about like the total launch, it can be really overwhelming to think about all of the pieces that need to be created at one time. And obviously, you're probably not going to want to do them all in one day. So I like to break my tasks down into tasks that take two hours or less to complete. If a task is going to take me longer than two hours to complete, it hasn't been broken down enough. It can probably split into one or two more tasks. So instead of tackling the whole create a webinar in one day, that's really, really involved. So maybe on the first day, I'm just going to create the webinar signup page and set up the confirmation email. That shouldn't take me more than two hours. And then I'll work on creating a webinar outline on a different day. And maybe on a third day, I'm going to focus on creating my webinar presentation. So it's really just taking these really big tasks, as I said, and breaking them down into smaller bite-sized pieces that are going to take you less than two hours to complete. So map it all out. Then once you get all of your tasks mapped out, so you can do this as a mind map, as a brain dump, whatever you need to do to just get all of this out onto paper, pull out your calendar, pull out your planner and start plugging these in. Think about how long it's going to take you to do it and what order it needs to go. Put it in your planner. And then here is the big piece. Commit to completing those tasks. And I think this is so much easier when you are proactive with your planning and you plan ahead, which is why I like to talk about planning 90 days at a time. You can see ahead of time if there's going to be issues in scheduling. You can make adjustments if you're not completing things as quickly as you thought they would. You can move things around. When you don't have a plan, you cannot foresee things that come up with scheduling. You don't have time to work around missed deadlines or things that didn't just work out as planned because you're reacting to everything that's happening. So plan ahead. Put it in your calendar. Put it in a project manager like Asana. Whatever you have, just get a blank calendar, write on post-it notes, the actual tasks and stick them on dates. There's a lot of options here. Get the visionary journal, but whatever you do, make sure that you give yourself some hard deadlines and then you commit to actually completing those tasks as scheduled. Which brings us to our final step. Step number six, get some accountability. Stephen Covey said accountability breeds responsibility. Because guess what? When you have to be accountable to someone else, when you have to check in with someone else, you are more likely to complete the thing that you said you're going to do. Because you know what? We're humans and humans don't want to be judged. <laughs> we don't want to be judged. We don't want people to think less of us. So we do the things that we say we're going to do. Most of us do. And that's why working with an accountability partner is really great because an accountability partner will push you when you can't or won't push yourself. And sharing your goals with someone else puts you on the hook to finish what you started. I have personally found that having an accountability partner or some form of accountability to be invaluable. As a matter of fact, the very first visionary journal would not have been completed without accountability because I was really freaking out about how I was going to get this manufactured and the whole process. I had never done this before. I didn't know anyone who had done something like it. But at the time, I was accountability partners with Krista David. She's been a guest on the show before, and she really pushed me to get it finished. 
And she really acted as a great sounding board for times where I felt stuck or not quite sure that this was something that I could do. She really gave me that push. So here are a couple of tips that I have for working with an accountability partner. Number one is finding someone with similar goals. It's really great if you have an accountability partner that's your friend, but if you're building an online business or a creative business or something of that nature and that friend is not involved in that scene, they're just not going to relate to your challenges the same way. So if you can find someone who has similar goals, who are working on similar things, it doesn't have to be exact, exact, but if you are have a friend that's an artist and you know she's trying to build a creative business at the same time with you, work with her. Be accountability partners together because you guys will just relate to the experiences that you're going through a lot better. Number two, decide how often you want to check in and in what format. Will you meet weekly? Will this be a once a month thing? Are you going to check in via Skype? Is this going to be via email? Is it going to be in person? There's a lot of different ways you could do it. At this point, Siobhan is one of my accountability partners. We check in all the time with each other using the Marco Polo app so we can send each other really short video messages. Amber, she's been on the show several times as well. Her and I are accountability partners and we check in a lot of times via Voxer, which is a walkie talkie type app. There's a lot of ways to do this and there are ways that you can do this so that it doesn't take up a lot of time and it doesn't infringe on the other person's time. So with the example of Amber, She actually lives in California. I live in Florida. We are several hours apart time-wise. So I can just send her a quick message and let her know, you know, what I have going on that day. And she can check in at a time that feels good for her because she has things that she has to do as well. So just deciding on your format and how you're going to check in ahead of time is really useful here. Number three, be honest. Be honest about what's going on. Be honest about your challenges and the things that you didn't complete. If you're not going to be honest, it's just a waste of your time. It's a waste of your accountability partner's time. How can they really effectively partner with you if you're just not going to be honest about the process and the things that are happening? And then number four, give. It's a two-way street. Accountability is not a one-sided arrangement. So be willing to give back whatever you ask of your accountability partner. I find that accountability partners over time, if you have a good one, and if you are a really good accountability partner, it really builds a solid friendship. It builds a strong friendship because there's just an understanding there about the work you're doing and, you know, trying to be disciplined and consistent and keep the energy up. I think it just builds trust there when you have this type of relationship where the other person trusts you and let you in on like a dream, something that's a work in progress. So look for an accountability partner. Find someone that you think would be a good support system for you and that you would equally be a good support system for them. So that's it. Those are my four tips. As a really quick recap, number one was to acknowledge and release any of your disappointments, failures, and also make a list of your wins and your proudest accomplishments from the previous quarter. Number two was to go back to your goals and review them, figure out, are you still interested in completing those goals? And what do you actually want to finish before the end of the year? Number three, go back to your why. Get clear, get your vision for why this is important. Number four, identifying your roadblocks and also figuring out a way to navigate around them. 
what are the solutions or ways that you can make sure that these are not issues that pop up in the future. Step five, create a new action plan. So you have set your new goals, create a new plan to accomplish them. And then finally, number six, getting some accountability from a partner, a community, whatever. So that's it, you guys. I hope that this was really helpful for you, especially as I said, if you have started off this year, not great. It's not too late for you. There is still a world of possibility that exists in the next nine months. And just because it started crazy does not mean that it has to end that way. The year can completely turn around and be something amazing. I promise you, I have been there. I have lived it. Okay, so with that being said, I want to make sure I remind you, one, don't forget about the Plan Your Productive Week Challenge. You can register at keepchasingthestars.com backslash productive. Also, if you love the show, please leave me a star rating in iTunes. It's nice. I feel really great when you do this. Bonus points if you leave me a rating, um, actually a note, because I love hearing your thoughts on the show. And then lastly, the biggest thing you can do for this show is share it with a friend. If you found this episode to be useful, you know someone who could benefit from what I shared here, please send them the link or send them the link to one of your favorite episodes or one of your favorite interviews. It doesn't matter. Share the link. And then you can also tag me on social media if you like. It's at Star Chasers only on Instagram, on Twitter. Those are the two places that you will find me the most. But all right, we are done. Until next week, you guys, go out there and pimp your brilliance.